Welcome to the Prosperously You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Sydney Smith. This podcast is here to help you get out of your own damn way using mindset and manifestation. Join me each week as I dive into how you can integrate these practices into your business and life to elevate you into prosperity. We'll be chatting everything money, mindset, and manifestation so you can learn how to build the life and career you've always dreamed of. Hey guys, welcome to the 10th episode of the Prosperously You podcast. Today we have a guest that I am so excited about. Um, We have the queen here, (laughs) and this is Caitlin. Um, And on Instagram, you can find her at um, Complete by Caitlin. And her content is just amazing, and I love how raw and open she is because I feel like that's where like we're able to see the real transformations happening. Um, And She really helps women um, deal specifically with self-sabotage and how to manage, overcome this so that you can build thriving businesses and also just implement new habits in your life um, and helping people really transform their lifestyles. So that's my intro for Caitlin, but I'll let her speak to her own expertise herself. Yay, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited. I, so obviously I'm Caitlin. Um, I love what I do. I love doing self-sabotage because I feel like it's a topic maybe not so touched on in the industry and also the biggest struggle I see. So, you know, we have beautiful manifestation and getting to make more money and having beautiful relationships and all that, but my question is like, well, why don't we have that? And the reason always comes back to self-sabotage. And so my goal is to really help women build awareness around what's going on for them, how it's coming up, and then help them break through that. And it's just something that I struggled with so much in my life as well. And yeah, I just think it's such a beautiful way to, one, become more more in love with yourself, actually. Like it is really self-love to understand your self-sabotage and to go down that route and, and become friends with it and stop shaming it because we live in a world of so much shame and so much fear and all of that around social media that if we can fully own ourselves and step into that, then the fear really starts to dissipate. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's such that's like really where the work is. Even when you talk about manifesting, like you're going to have to face self-sabotage and you're going to have to combat it and understand it. So this work is such a crucial piece into like building the life that you're dreaming of. Um, It's like that shadow work that you absolutely have to do. So um, what, I have a couple questions for you to start with. So how did you know that this work was what you wanted to do? Um, I feel like I have conversations all the time with people that they're like, I'm so jealous of the people just know um, exactly what they want to do with their life. And I feel like that's never actually the case. Like we all kind of, most, most people kind of stumble their way into um, the work that they love. So if you just want to like, tell us a little bit about like how you found that path. Yeah. So I, I mean, I knew from a young age that I wanted to work with people. I was always going to do become a psychologist and I actually studied. So I have a degree in psychology and a degree in nutrition as well. So it all started 
as a kid, I I vividly remember like skipping school to help my friends when they were really upset. And I would just sit with them and hold space for them and try to help them in any way I could. Um, I was very, oh, I had a massive martyr complex as I figured out later down the track, which, it, you know, that didn't pay off in my, my own way for a long time. But yeah. I very much just wanted to help people. And then as I started to grow up, there was a lot of parts of that, like, as I said, the martyring complex that meant that I slowly essentially destroyed my own mental health and never looked after myself and used a lot of drugs and alcohol to be able to sustain what I was doing because I just, you can't give from a, from a cup that's like empty and then pretty much smashed all over the floor. That's Mm -hmm. essentially what it was like. And so as I started to study, um, there's so much. I mean, the story can like go on for four hours, but I started to study psychology and what I found is like I wasn't helping people. I was learning concepts, but I wasn't helping people. And this was around the time I started dating uh, a man who was very toxic in my life and really caused a lot of harm to my body image and my eating habits. And so I got really obsessed with food and that led me down to the nutrition side of things. And so I was determined to be a nutritionist and I was very like low functioning, but high functioning at the same time. So I was, I was really good at studying, but I was still mentally just not great. And then I decided that I was like, okay, I'm going to help people fix their diets and lose weight and do all those things. So I was working in the fitness industry as well. And as I started to do that, I was like, why does no one ever stick to things? Cause I was like, I can stick to things really well. And I was like, I don't understand this, even though I'd studied psychology, it just went straight over my head, obviously. Um, and I ended up in this nutrition, well, not nutrition, it was like a strength training seminar for the weekend. And we just sat down and we're doing this future you task. And I thought I genuinely, I'd done a little bit of personal development at some point, but it was just, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need it. I, you know, I've done my journey. I've read the one book. I don't need any more personal development. <laughs> Um, and so we sat down, we're doing this future you task and she looked at where I was now and where I wanted to be. And it was just like, how's that going to work for you? And I was just like, <laughs> and it just, for so, it was just a light bulb moment. I was like, oh, it's not. And everything I'm doing right now isn't actually going to lead to where I want to be. And so I need to change things. And I was like, but how do I change things? And I don't really understand what to change. And so this started this whole process of sort of unwinding my life and looking at every area and seeing what area really needed to be quote unquote sold. And as I did that, I started to realize like, oh, like I'm in control. I'm actually in control of this and I can take the action and I can understand limiting beliefs. And I remember listening to uh, Brooke Castillo, the Life Coach School podcast. And in the first episode, it's like why you're not getting results. And she talks about how thoughts create feelings and all of that. And so I really just started to see why I wasn't getting results and then why my clients weren't getting results. And then I was just like, I know what I want to do. And I was just, I just really got obsessed with coaching and obsessed with the results that it creates and the results that it created in my life was just so phenomenal because this was only three years ago. 
like three years ago my whole life was just like in shambles I was in terrible relationships my body and eating stuff like the reason I was so good with my diet was because I had so much fear and I was like I can't put on weight if I put on weight no one's gonna like me everyone's gonna reject me and so of course I could stick to a diet but for other people it's often a different spectrum of why they can't stick to it and I just started to understand and see the bigger picture. And I was like, everyone has to know this. <laughs> like everyone has to know about this because I cannot believe this is not taught in schools. And so that's how I, I wouldn't say I completely fell into it, but I really, there was always a part of me that wanted to help. And then coaching just became that after a while. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how like most people who become coaches, it's because of some struggle that we've been through that we're like, we found that other side and we're like what you said, like people need to know about this. How do I make sure that like others don't have to go through the same struggle the way that I did? Or if they are, how do I make sure that they know that there's a path forward? Um, And that's just like, I feel like there's something really beautiful about that, that like your struggle then turned into like something that's going to help so many other people um, and have such a positive impact. So What are some of the common blocks you find that come up with your clients as they're hitting up against self-sabotage and trying to work through it? Well, it always comes back to limiting beliefs, which we know, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. those limiting beliefs are genuinely the stuff that's what I call core wounds. And the core wounds are found in childhood and they can be traced back to anything and you know the I'm not worthy I'm not enough I'm too much my pain is special so no one will understand me that's a really big one because that creates a lot of shame and people holding a lot of shame around themselves will not seek help Mm -hmm. and that's because they're like no one can possibly understand that and if they do find out then like it's too much that they're not going to be able to handle this Mm -hmm. and So these are always traced back to even the smallest things. And I think one thing for me is that I never had any hard trauma and I'm very grateful I didn't have hard trauma, but I didn't understand coming into the industry, the difference between hard and soft trauma. Mm -hmm. And so soft trauma is just when we're in that age between zero and seven and even other parts of our life, we just take things on as literal meanings. And I had a lot of, things around me that were just saying like you can't set boundaries you know if you try to speak your truth then it's it's too much and people will reject you and all of this started to form and so that's what created you know blocks around me and that's what I see around my clients is that I can't speak my truth it's unsafe because at some point in my childhood someone said no you can't say that or they yelled at me and they said sit down sharp and be a good girl or good Mm -hmm. girls seen and not heard like that's such a common one and understanding that it didn't have to be this hard trauma for me and my clients was really really helpful and then going back and going all right let's find where this comes from because it always comes up like if there is fear and a big emotional response it's something that's happened in your life that you've created a whole bunch of meaning about and now you're going and now you're almost future projecting that is this happened in the past. It's unsafe for me to do it now because of the future potential future consequences. And so we just stay stuck in these loops that are generally, and I just want to frame this, like very unconscious, very, very mm-hmm. unconscious. Like 
you're not just walking around knowing that you're doing this a lot of the time, which is, that's my work, right? Is to show people what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it's always coming back to this place of I'm unworthy of that or it's too much or some part of me feels very unsafe and that lack of safety is creating discomfort in my body and that discomfort is what people move away from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love what you're when you're talking about the like hard versus soft traumas because that was definitely something I was not aware of. So I felt like anytime I started to struggle with something, it was like, well, it's not like I've experienced anything that bad. So like I just need to like shut up and deal with it essentially. And I think a lot of us are like silently suffering because that's the view we have on it of like, oh, well, this isn't that big a deal. So I'm just going to like brush over it and not actually give it the attention it deserves because, yeah, what you said, I think we're all like operating from some like subconscious thing that like happened when we were younger. And it's like until you heal that, it's going to keep playing itself out in so many different ways in your life. So in that sense of things playing themselves out, how do you see like this self-sabotage really manifesting itself in people's lives? Like what does it hold your clients back from? What um, like habits and things like that kind of are the subsequent acts of this self-sabotage behavior? Yeah, so there's the big ones, people-pleasing, procrastinating, overeating, uh, social media addictions, alcohol addictions, drug addictions, they're the most obvious ones that we see. But it it really comes in a lot of more subtle ways as well. And sometimes it's as much as people just not setting goals. Like mm-hmm. they just do not set goals. And I remember not setting goals because, and I, and I always justified it. So, you know, if you're justifying something, if you need to justify it, it's probably not right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I just wouldn't set goals because I was deeply afraid that I essentially already had the belief that I wasn't going to achieve them anyway. So Mm -hmm. what was the point? Mm -hmm. And so I just stayed playing really, really small in my life and just didn't really believe I deserved anything better because I couldn't do it because I had betrayed my own trust so many times by saying I'm going to do this so you know we see that I'm going to start again Monday think quite a lot or the all or nothing thinking and every time we go down that and we say we're going to start something and then we fall off again it creates this oh I can't trust myself to do that and so Mm -hmm. People just stop setting goals. They stop aiming higher. They stop doing all of these things because they cannot get their behavior to align with what's inside, what their actual goal is. And so they eventually stop. Or there's the other side of this where people actually do get the result. So they work really hard. They get really disciplined, whatever. And they it's like they're forcing it. So you have to be aware of it every second of the day for it to happen. And then they eventually get there, and we see this in weight loss all the time, they lose the weight, and then as soon as it's, like, done, quote-unquote done, it just stacks back on again. Yeah. And that's because they didn't do the mindset work and there's still a lack of safety in that weight loss and generally it comes because people are complimenting them or whatever it is. And so they go all the way backwards, but they don't understand why. And so they're in this 
cycle of like binge restrict, binge restrict, binge restrict. And it just, it like breaks people. It breaks them down and makes them feel even more unworthy than they already thought. And then they feel, why can't I get this right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like it's like a shame cycle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And more relevant in business is there's so many people who want to start businesses, right? And they just don't think they can. They don't think they can follow through and the fear feels like too much. And so they'll be planning, planning, planning everything in the background and feel, again, super justified in the planning. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to actually executing that plan, crickets, nothing, more procrastination, putting it back, deciding, oh, maybe it's not for me. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't, things just stop coming or don't come to fruition at all. Yeah, I, something you posted in a story that I thought was so accurate was like the need to take like all these courses, like to justify essentially being ready is actually just a form of procrastination (laughs) and like putting it off. And I feel like it's so true and people do that so often where they're like, okay, well, I'll be ready to start this business when I get this website done. I'll be ready to start this business when I feel like I can show up in this way because I've done this course and I need this extra certification. Um, So I guess like if you want to talk to that any more about like your experience with that and like how you kind of realized like, hey, maybe this is another form of Mm self-sabotage. I think that, I mean, it comes through as imposter syndrome. Mm Mm-hmm. And when imposter syndrome, especially for women, is very prevalent and and they just really believe that, and that comes from like an an underlying belief of like, I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not enough as I am. I need to build my enoughness or my self-worth through having certifications to make it okay for me to actually be seen. Mm -hmm. And so they go out and they're like, oh, I need this to be legit. I need this to be legit. I need this to be legit. And it's, they're just hiding. They're hiding behind all these certifications. And, like, I know this very well. I have, like, two degrees and then about seven other certifications. I <laughs> was out of control. And this is why I know I know this one so well is because I just – I didn't think that my experience was enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I was good enough as I was and that to be able to have a big impact then I just needed all of these extra bells and whistles. But that is a thought and that is a belief. And so when I decided to go, I'm enough exactly as I am to start right now Mm -hmm. and came at it at that belief and that thought and I worked really hard. Like I was constantly working on this thought and belief and pulling it apart every single day for months before it kind of went away. And Mm -hmm. it allowed me to create a new reality And so what we see is like business owners who or potential business owners having this running around the background, feeling like they're doing all the right things to get started, but they're not because they're not getting started. Mm -hmm. And if they came back and go, okay, why am I actually doing this? They would find it's because of the imposter syndrome. I'm not enough as I am. Mm -hmm. And to switch out of that, you have to do the opposite thing. Like you have to go, okay, and sometimes there is a due diligence, right? Sometimes we, we need to do our due diligence and go learn what we need to do and have the things, whatever it is. But there's a point where it's like, no, 
and then go, okay, if I wasn't to believe this thought, what would I be doing differently? Mm-hmm. It's like I would be doing the things that I'm actually really scared of. I would be showing up on social media. I would be telling people. The biggest thing is the identity. I see that in the start. People don't tell that they're doing a business or that they're shifting out of whatever their career or their relationship or whatever it is because it feels really foreign to them. And Mm -hmm. because it feels foreign and because they don't talk about it, then they can never integrate it. And so they always have this fallback of who they already are. And so they never step into the next version of themselves. Yeah, I feel like there's so much of the back end work of changing those beliefs like you talked about it took you like a lot of work to get to the like point where it shifted in your head where you did believe you were enough and I think sometimes people are like oh yeah I can just like say a couple affirmations and it will change but there's some beliefs that are so deep rooted where it really does take that like deeper work So for you, what does that look like in the sense of like, once you find a belief that you know is holding you back, but it's not just one you can like easily pivot in your head, like how does doing the work for you look like in those situations? So the biggest thing that I believe is important is to look at it every day, to have it front of mind. And this is my favorite analogy is just imagining you're in a dark room and all the lights are off and Mm -hmm. there's like poles everywhere and you're trying to get out, but you just keep running into all of these poles and you're like, why is this happening? Like, I do not understand why I can't get around these poles. And Mm -hmm. then one day you turn the lights on, you're like, Oh, there's a pole here and here and here. And you can kind of work your way through it. And that's the same as beliefs, right? They're there. They're holding you back but you got to turn the lights on to see them. So seeing them every single day, because the first time we see them, it's very overwhelming to actually Mm -hmm. see and almost logically think the thought that you think that you're not enough. And to say that out loud feels almost like dying because there's Mm -hmm. so much shame that you would even think that. And even though everyone's thinking it. it. So (laughs) Yeah. And so I I turned on the lights and then I just look at it and, you know, using tools like Byron Katie, like everyone needs Byron Katie. (laughs) I do a lot of subconscious work as well. So going back to the moment that that was formed and clearing it from there and learning lessons because the emotional response is only connected to something that you haven't learned from. And so I need to go, okay, where is this coming from? What are the lessons here? How can I integrate those lessons And as I take those lessons and look into the future, how's that going to help me if I start shifting out of this belief? And Mm -hmm. so I just get really clear on like past, present, future. Where did it come from? What are the lessons? What's it stopping me from doing now? And how's it keeping me safe as well? So important. And then I go, okay, how can I use all of this to move forward? And what would I be doing if this wasn't here? And then I slowly start to take action and it's, People talk about massive action, but I think that you get to a point like now I can take massive action. Back in the day when I first started and I felt overwhelmed like 99.9% of the time and I was in such a heightened stress response, I couldn't take massive action because it felt so unsafe in my body that I was like, no, <laughs> like it's just yeah. nothing. And so it's, it's starting with like the little steps. The little steps that genuinely feel 
that you can create some safety around. It's not ever going to feel completely safe, of course, mm-hmm. but it's just little bit of safety whatever that looks like maybe it's doing the post on Instagram saying okay I'm starting this business or it's calling your mom and saying I'm starting this business or you know whatever the goal happens to be but just starting to like just tell people and then okay what's the next step after I've done that and I've started to shift into that identity and then you just do that and then you build and you give yourself little wins like I built it on tiny little wins every day I was like what did I achieve today what did I do and I would celebrate that instead of being like, well, I didn't do blah, 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 which yeah. is what I see a lot and puts people straight back to square one. Yeah. And I feel like, again, always coming back to that, like, shame around, like, not doing enough, I feel like is that is, like, the opposite of you moving forward and really does, like, hold you back in so many ways. Um, and, yeah, it's just, I feel like shame – it makes sense why Renee Brown is like a shame researcher as like her entire career because there's so much to unpack in just that one like emotion and how it then peeks into so many areas of our lives. Um, so what are some tips you tell clients when they start to do this work, when they're ready to start taking those, um, like you said, like the smaller pieces of action and start to like piece it together? The first thing is to turn the lights on. Yeah. (laughs) So they have to be willing to look. Mm -hmm. And those who aren't willing to look are doomed for the same pattern. And, you know, Carl Jung always says, whatever's on the inside manifests on the outside. Mm -hmm. He had a much nicer quote than that. I just could not remember it then. (laughs) (laughs) So within, so without, I don't know. Anyway, but Essentially, like if you're not getting the result you want and you expect in your external world, it has to be something internally. So go in and have the courage to actually look because mm-hmm. it's not going to be as scary as you think. And I think there's a real fear that if we start to look at self-sabotage or our shadow work, that is what self-sabotage is, shadow work. But mm-hmm. if we start to do that, then we're opening Pandora's box. And so I really guide them and normalize it because I just, it is normal. We're all going through it. So I start to normalize it and their experience and having someone to hold you in that space is really important. And it's why I do what I do is that we need someone to see us. We need Mm -hmm. someone to see us in our vulnerability and what's really going on and to validate that experience and to normalize that experience because then you can start to take the action. And when you inevitably fuck it up, which we all do, which is Mm -hmm. normal, having someone to hold you and go, this is okay. And again, in those early days, I really do create so much safety with that client because Mm -hmm. it's okay to stuff it up. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to do all those things. But I, the advice I give is like, have the willingness to fuck it up. Yeah, the willingness to feel that emotion because mm-hmm. that's it's never about the thing, right? It's always about the discomfort in the body, and mm-hmm. and giving them tools on how to actually manage those emotions because that was probably the number one thing that shifted almost my whole realm was learning to manage my emotions because if you can manage fear in your body, like you're good for life. <laughs> 
And so I give them emotional management tools and I tell them to go use them and I send them playlists and really helping them with that side and then go, okay, once you've moved the emotion, take the action, then move the emotion, then take the action. So just like creates a cycle of tiny, tiny steps, but big wins that form over time. Yeah. So what is um, like one of your favorite tools for managing emotions as you were just talking about all of them um (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't have a favorite I think that probably for me it's really an energetic release and especially for women there's a lot of we have a lot of anger and I'm Mm -hmm. sure someone will listen to this and go not me uh Mm -hmm. but we hide it behind a lot of tears So we don't manifest anger generally because we've shamed it so much. And so we cry a lot. And so even though crying is great, I'm like, you need to go deeper than that because there's going to be anger and it needs to be released out of your body because it's stuck. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's really like loud, look up the emos 2000 or like punk rock or whatever it is. (laughs) Um, And start to stir that emotion up. And just, and just keep going, keep going. Tell yourself stories. Like this is when I'm like, tell yourself the victim stories that you want to say. Get angry, blame the world until like you're raging and then just literally sitting on a bed, just like punch the bed, punch the pillow, whatever it is, scream it out and just full body release it. Because when you do that, it's really going to allow you to come to a place of like calm and serenity. Mm-hmm and peace and you lose all of the really fast thoughts you lose all of the rage you lose everything and just come back to this place of groundedness and from there you go what decision do I actually want to make here like logical prefrontal cortex decision rather than emotional fight or flight decision and that really helps people start to move forward yeah I think the biggest breakthroughs happen when you actually finally face those feelings that I feel like we all try to push under the rug. Um, And the more we can, I feel like embrace them and every day, yes, but like especially embrace them when they're really coming up because I think there's this like some trend that, you know, mindset is all about um, like positivity and like bringing that into your life, which like Yes, but also it's not about like hiding what's really happening and toxic positivity is only going to like hurt you just as much as like where you're at now on autopilot. So I think it really is like, yes, reframe things, work through them when you can do it quickly. But when you actually like when it's really coming up, you have to have to feel it and have to embrace it and let it speak to you let it teach you because really your emotions are guiding you so it's time to like we start listening yeah (laughs) that's the thing I see and I you know I work with coaches in the industry and we see so much toxic positivity like Mm -hmm. white fluffy beige sandy Instagram posts whatever and I'm like awesome yes there there is a time and a place for that however if you're hiding behind that and you're hiding behind you know manifestation and abundance and all the things and you're not actually showing you having a bad day then you're you are causing harm Mm -hmm. you as a person are causing harm to other people because they see that 
in an influencer and that's what we are on Instagram. We are influencing people and they see that and they go, but I have bad days. Does that mean I'm not normal? Does that mean that, you know, I've learned these manifestation concepts and I'm still having bad days. What's wrong with me? And they start to shame themselves because they don't see it so much from the coaching industry and other industries as well, of course, and just general society. And so I really believe that one of the, and I've taught, I've actually had feedback that, you know, talking about self-sabotage and labeling myself as that's what I do. And as a self-sabotage coach, isn't actually that good for my business because it doesn't make people feel good. And (laughs) even though I'm like, well, that's what all the marketing experts say to me, it's the truth. It's Mm -hmm. actually, the truth and I won't betray my truth to make people butter them up to want to buy from me because I would rather have no followers no income no nothing than to lie to people about what's really going on and so I always am here to guide and to almost push people to go please talk about what's going on and it doesn't have to be the nitty-gritty personal details you don't have to show up in every breakdown Like, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying, please show people your human side. Please show that that you do cry, that you have bad days, that you, you know, have to move through things still, even when you are quote unquote um, (laughs) unsuccessful, quote unquote successful Mm -hmm. and making it and killing it because that none of this work is about bypassing the human experience ever. Yeah. It is always, always coming back to that we are human. We want to connect and people want to feel that what they want is possible and it only feels possible when we see people going through the same experiences we're going through but coming out the other side and making a new choice. Whereas mm-hmm. right now people have the breakdown, they make the same choice and they end up in square one. So mm-hmm. I'm like, no, show it. I, I show it. I have my breakdowns. I'll be crying on the floor for like two hours and just be like, <laughs> oh, my God, I can't do anything. And all of the yeah. thoughts and then I'm like wait hold on (laughs) I do my release tools and then I'm like this needs to be shared and talked about because people need to know they just need to know that there is a new choice at the end of that breakdown and it doesn't have to end in food avoidance toxic relationships whatever it is it can still end in actually achieving your goals even if it takes 10,000 breakdowns to get there you will get there yeah. And that was, I replied to your story about the crying on the bathroom floor. I was like, that was me yesterday morning <laughs> because it's so true. And it's what we need to talk about. And I, I opened up about like in my, in a, the podcast about London, like how I cried way more during that experience than I like ever have in my life. And the feedback from that podcast was like, thank you so much for actually being real and honest and not just like you live this perfect life because it's so important if you're going to grow to be able to like see part of yourself and who you're learning from and who you're like growing through their content and things like that. And to not just be like, oh yeah, I flipped this switch in my mindset and now it's just rainbows and butterflies. (laughs) Cause like you said, then that makes you feel like every time you have a shit day or a like scary emotion that comes up that you're doing it wrong. And that just adds more shame to it, which is like, again, the emotion we're trying to reduce. (laughs) So yeah, exactly. Because it's, we see it. And then I remember clearly starting in the industry and being like, oh my God, I can never have that day. 
okay, I can never share that I'm having a bad day because if I'm having a bad day, I'm not doing the work right and then no one's going to trust me and I'm never going to make it. And it fed into my imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I already had enough imposter syndrome without needing to shame my emotions on top of it. And so as I, I had a really amazing coach and I'm so, so grateful for her because she really helped me with a lot of this stuff and was like, this is the part of you that needs to be seen. And when you start to share it, then you're going to gain traction because you're going to be human. And I was like, okay. And I remember like the first time I started sharing, I was shitting myself. Um, And I was actually sharing that I'd struggled with drugs and alcohol for the previous year. And I cried and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever had to do on my Instagram. But I got hundreds of messages hundreds just saying thank you I've had a similar um, experience or can you know my daughter's going through something similar can you help me and I got clients from that and I was just like this <laughs> I don't know what's happening <laughs> like because yeah. we're so conditioned to believe that it has to be perfect otherwise no one wants your help mm-hmm. and that really taught me that and so I've just lent in it from that moment more and more and more is just sharing and so you know it probably looks like I do it very easily and effortlessly these days but I, there's still a part of me that's like oh, maybe not maybe is that too much should I do mm. that and as soon as I that, yeah as soon as I think that I'm like just put it out just mm. put it out there because that's probably what needs to be heard you know mm. what you think people will like is exactly why people get into trouble and don't get traction yeah well and it's so much like what I said like they want to see a little bit of like their story and you but then also like you want to learn from someone you feel like they're showing up authentically not like it's just like this cookie cutter message that you've seen on every other like manifestation coach whatever like that you're looking at um or that you come across and that is like truly how you differentiate yourself online is like showing up vulnerably sharing your story because your story is what's going to like set you apart and have that similarity with like the client who then wants to work with you over someone else so it's like having the courage to share openly and honestly and like you said you don't have to like share your like childhood traumas and your wounds that like you're not ready to open up to the world about but like what pieces and stories that are relevant in your like and on your heart can you share that like are a little scary because it is scary to like I think it's scary to face them alone and like be honest about them alone let alone putting it out to an entire world of strangers so everyone deserves an applause for doing it but like you are not only helping yourself by like sharing that truth you're helping um others by like realizing that we can kind of normalize some of these things and they don't have to like go through this and struggle through it alone so yeah totally and look I, w- I would be lying if I didn't say I, de- I didn't get some personal gratification out of it because I do I very shame detox and so if I do it and I put it out there I it just it loses its grip on me and I'm mm-hmm. like oh this is done like it's just done there is no shame about this anymore because it's done and it's out there and it stops holding me back. And so there is an element of when I share this, it does allow me to move forward because I'm owning my truth and I'm owning parts of me that I think are unlovable and saying, actually, no, these are lovable. So it is a massive act of self-love to say, I'm putting this out there to be the leader, but also because it helps me. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I feel like we've kind of talked about like some points of this question um, or things have come up that could be relevant to it, but what inspires you the most in the work you do? Oh my, oh my God, so many things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Definitely like the unlimited potential thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that the world is your oyster and there's so much more that you are capable of than you even can comprehend, you know. And I, sitting in that, when I look back uh, three years ago, I remember writing an online business, kind of wrote it like flippantly. And there's a part of me I was like, you can't have that. You don't know anything about business. You don't know anything about money. You don't deserve money, whatever the story was. Mm -hmm. And I decided like whatever, like I'm just going to work towards it and see what happens. And where I'm at today and, you know, scaling over six figures in the last 12 months because during a pandemic and all of these coming up and not having my job anymore and losing all of my security and all of that and just seeing what I was actually capable when I fully just lent in and started to trust. And I look around me and I like, I look at my beautiful office and my beautiful house and my beautiful relationship and everything that I have. And it it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not even done yet. I've just like touched the surface. Yeah. And it would take me years, literally years to get here. And it only took like, I had a huge mental breakdown for a whole year of that as well. So really it's only in the last like year and a half that I've started to really gain traction. And before that, it was just so much deep healing that allows me to step in and do what I do now. Mm-hmm. And so I just think people, they are, we don't do it intentionally because we just don't know. But mm-hmm. we play so small in our lives. And then as we start to tap in and we're like, I'm going to learn to like trust and surrender to the universe, but also take the action that feels aligned and do the work and have the coaching and blah, 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 blah. It just opens up hundreds of doors and you're just like, this is crazy. Like I genuinely just wake up and I'm just like, this is crazy to me. <laughs> like I can't believe more people don't know about this. And so that's why I just love it. Cause they're like, you stop self-sabotaging, you change these beliefs, you change all of that stuff and start to shift into what you really want it will change, it will shift and it will be absolutely incredible. And for anyone's listening, who's like, I'm not sure, like, I'm, I'm scared if I do it, it won't make a difference. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Like, I was like, what happens if I do it? And I still feel the same. That was my deepest fear. You won't. If you're trusting like your inner guidance of what you truly desire and you're like, I'm just going to do this, you will not feel the same and everything just shifts from there. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's insane how much can happen so quickly too when you're like willing to take the risk and take the chance on yourself and start to do the work and invest in your own growth um, and invest I mean it doesn't have to be monetarily but could be monetarily but also like time and actually, because I feel like we spend, I, I saw this um, net or this quote about Netflix that would like really hit home. That was essentially like, okay, so you're willing to give a show a couple of episodes to get better because someone told you that it would, but you're not willing to do the same with your own life of like actually like 
waiting for it to get better and doing the work and taking the time to see it shift. And mm-hmm. I think it's so true that like, we're willing to give so much time to s- such random things that aren't actually helping us and like, just like burying like the real emotions and just like hiding behind those. But yet, you know, taking 10 minutes to meditate or do the work in the morning to work through something is like, oh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that is such a big barrier. I see it's like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have this. And I'm like, look around you, look at what you buy, look at your Uber Eats account, look at your Netflix account, look at all of it. And then get really honest because it's not that it's very Mm -hmm. rarely that. And even if you don't have money to invest in coaching, awesome. There is a hundred thousand books. There is YouTube, there is podcasts. Are you actually actively doing that every single day? And No, because I'm afraid of the emotions. I'm afraid of the thoughts. I'm afraid of thoughts that come up when I'm sitting in meditation because they feel really dark and scary. And Mm -hmm. I believe that those are my identity. But the fact is, is like those thoughts aren't your identity. Those feelings are not going to kill you. If you sit in discomfort, it's not going to hurt you, even though it feels like it does. That's just the brain's trick to Mm -hmm. keep you safe to stop you from like making changes in your life. And so it's really starting to dissociate from the thoughts that you believe are you and then creating and then just leaning into that discomfort and starting surrender to it. Because as soon as I learned to do that and to feel pain in my body and fear in my body and be like, even though this is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done, I know it's for my highest good. And just keep going. Stop yeah. making so many excuses. And I still do. Like, guys, like, I fully still make excuses. I had this yeah. whole th- coaching session last week that really illuminated that for me. And it showed me that I still, there's things I avoid, like intimacy with myself, you know, and starting to dive into that. I don't create space where I can be intimate with myself and I find it difficult to be intimate with my partner and to be at that level of vulnerability and that is my work right now because it shows up in all areas of my life and you know it shows up with my money I won't be intimate with my money because there's a level of level of vulnerability there and so right now for me it's like okay I've done the big behaviors that you see like I go to the gym consistently. I eat well. I, you know, I can get off social media. I can do the work. I can do all of those things. But now it's taking to this next level and acknowledging I have been avoiding this. And if I really want things to change, I have to be willing to feel a new level of depth, of feelings, of discomfort, of vulnerability. And that's a choice that I'm going to make because, and I have to make it every single day. That's the thing. It's not, you know, just make it once. You get up and you go, this is worth it to me. This is worth it to me. This is worth it to me. It's better than the Netflix episode. And then once you've done the work, you can go watch Netflix. Like, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to cut out Netflix. And I love Netflix. Yeah. Um, And I think there's something to, to be said about, like, you're never done healing. It's always like, there's always going to be something else that's coming up, the resistance or growth or a new level. Um, and I feel like it's, it's just another way that like, another thing that holds us back of like, oh, but until I can't do X until I've healed this or like, 
until I like go through all of this healing work and this whole journey, there's no way I could then help others. And I know you've touched on this before too, of like, you can still like be healing yourself while also healing others. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to the point on advice, that's actually one of the bits of advice I always give. I was like, you're, fastest healing will come when you pair it with the action you know it's going I'm choosing to love myself and so I'm going to leave this toxic relationship I'm choosing to love myself so I'm going to choose to you know eat differently or just go to the gym or whatever it is because every time you go in during a coaching session or during a journaling session or whatever it looks like and you start to look at what's going on, you turn on the lights, and then you go, okay, if I didn't believe this belief, what would I do? And start to do that, it marries the two. Because the brain, like visualizations are great. Don't get me wrong. I love visualizations, I love affirmations, all of the things. But if the, there's nothing that's quite like it than external results. And that just it's just like these acts of self-love and self-worth that we can do every single day on the outside that goes and that helps heal that inside because it's, I see people doing this and they get stuck in healing. And I'm like, I was talking to this girl once and she was like, I'm just really having trouble selling. And I was like, okay, like, what have you done? She's like, I've done the inner child work. I've done the subconscious work. I've done the NLP work. And I was like, have you tried to sell? And she was like, well, no. And I'm like, there's the problem. It's not, you know, because the story's still there. I can't sell. I can't sell. I can't sell because I'm not trying. Yeah. That just creates a feedback loop of it's because I'm not worthy. I can't sell because I'm not worthy. It's like, wait, hold on. If I believed I was worthy, then I'd be out there selling authentically and doing all the things. And so now that I know what's stopping me, if I start to take the action, fireworks, done. Yeah. And then they just keep moving forward and then your life just changes so much faster anyway. And that's like, think about therapy work. That's where they tend to get stuck a lot of the time. Like therapy is great, but pairing it with that action is the key. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I think the inspired action piece is something that like gets missed on a lot of like high level, like manifestation or um, like, you're talking about like in therapy, like those pieces too like miss out on that like okay this is great that you're doing the work but you also have to then take the steps to change your life it can't just be like okay I'm journaling a lot and then not actually showing up or not actually taking that risk and I think once you as you mentioned earlier like once you start to you can start small and take like little actions each day and then it starts to lead into bigger leaps whereas like or where before like I think of a year ago, I was like, I need accountability for everything because I'm like just struggling with taking like the smallest action in my business for like more of like the CEO action tasks. Mm -hmm. And I was like so terrible at taking those like big steps forward. So I had to break it down to those baby ones. And then now it's so much easier to take the big actions because I've like done the work to get there where like the headspace is like behind as you mentioned, like building up the safety in it almost where I'm like ready and willing to take those bigger actions. And like, that's when it starts to snowball, but it's okay to be at any point of that process and working towards it. Um, So one other question for you, 
What is one piece of advice you wish you would have known when you were getting started in business? In business? Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is so funny. I mean, actually, I started with nutrition coaching, but I kind of wish that I knew how much it was mindset. I just mm-hmm. did realize how much your business came down to your mindset and even though there was points where I was doing limiting beliefs I wasn't looking at them in business and I thought it was such a strategy game and I think that's because of the like you know business is typically very masculine and it's very obvious the steps you need to take and Mm -hmm. this is why I've gone into business coaching is because I'm like it's like 90% your mindset like Mm -hmm. (laughs) so simple Go out, post the things, do the email sequences, whatever it is, whatever that strategy looks like for you. But actually taking action on that strategy from a really aligned place, a really authentic place and a place that's not, I mean, it's always going to have fears around it, which is totally fine. But deep down, you know, it's right is so important because I didn't know this. And so I had a business coach telling me I had to take all of these steps around you know, sell them what they want, give them what they need. And I, I so clearly remember that. And, but I was like, but they want weight loss. And that's not, I don't want to talk about weight loss. I want to talk mm-hmm. about like the mindset and why they're not having the result and all of that. And they're like, no, no, no. You can only talk about that like behind the scenes. You can't talk about that publicly. They're not going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh. and so I had this huge like dissonance in my business for a long time, which really shot it in the foot. Mm-hmm. And as I learned that one, this is all about my mindset for one, who I'm listening to and, you know, trusting <laughs> that when I know something's wrong, I don't have to listen to a quote unquote expert. Yep. And two, then getting really clear, like, what is it that I want to do? And then getting coaching around those fears. And as soon as I did that, like, I had no website until literally two months ago. But I still made over six figures with no website, very minimal. I had no email sequences at the start. I had nothing. I just used Canva and social media and I spoke my truth. And that is like where all of the traction came from. And then over time, I started to implement those bigger systems with help. And so it's just like, it's just your mindset. Stop focusing on all the other crap. You don't need it. It doesn't make you look unprofessional not having it. Whatever the story is, look at your mindset, look at the fears and then take action from that place. Yeah, I love that. That's so powerful. Um, I, I think we get so stuck in the strategy when we're first getting started because you're like, oh, well, this other person is making six figures a year doing this exact framework. So if I just follow the like one, two, three, that means that like I'll get there too. And then you try it and it falls flat on its face and you're like, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, I had a very similar, I've had a very similar experience where someone was like, I hired this coach who was like, well, you can't really sell mindset. So like, let's talk about the results instead. And it was like, but this is what is on my heart. And this is what really is like causing the struggles that people are experiencing and like going through. So how am I supposed to just speak to like, no, the income, the income, the income when it's like, Okay, but let's also chat about like why you can't like 
make income because you don't believe in yourself and how that's hurting you or um, like the comparisonitis that's stopping you at all these points or making you feel like your work isn't good enough compared to others. So then on a sales call, you're like really shaky about saying a price because you're like, well, there's all these other other designers out here. Why would they want to pay me? So it's like, yeah, I think all coming back to even the mindset piece to like trust yourself, trust yourself that like, you know what people need to hear. And if it's coming up for you, that honest like truth is then going to be what will resonate with your audience and your potential clients instead of being like, nope, I have to follow this strict framework of a five-step thing and I can't go outside of it and I can't be vulnerable and I can't be honest and I can't show those bad days because who would want to buy from that? (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, that's not fun. And I'm like, it's not always going to be fun. And that's what happens. Mm -hmm. People get in, they're like, oh, it's not fun. I don't like it. And then they avoid it. And then they don't get the result anyway. So I'm like, at least I'm honest on the front end. I'm like, this is going to suck. I'm not going to lie. It's going to suck, but it's not going to suck forever. I was like, Mm -hmm. what's going to suck more is being stuck in the same position for the rest of your life. Whereas Mm -hmm. this is like, go in, do some deep work, and then you're going to start getting results. Your life's going to change so drastically in like even six months to a year that it's going to be worth every second. But I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it's not going to be comfortable. And that's also okay because I'll help you deal with that too. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said of like facilitating that safety piece while you're going through it, it's like makes such a huge benefit of working with a coach and like having that more so handholding in those moments where you're like, everything sucks and I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> it may be not that dramatic, but healing- well, I was like, it's a little bit that dramatic. <laughs> like, I'm definitely going to that place. I'm just like, this is the worst thing ever. Why am I doing this? And I'm like, calm down, Caitlin. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, healing is super uncomfortable. And I feel like you have to be honest about that as like a coach or someone who's going to guide people through that. Because like you said, otherwise they get in and then they're like, wait, what? (laughs) This isn't fun. Okay, I'm out. (laughs) And then there's no change. And I think it's, it's like coming back to like, are you willing to put in the uncomfortable work for the long term benefit versus like, just not doing it and consistently seeing no change and also coming back to the quote that I know you've shared that I'm also obsessed with that is like hard decisions easy life easy decisions hard life and that is just the truth at its core (laughs) yeah literally the quote I was about to quote after you quoted it um and it is it's exactly it even you can look at any area of your life oh I don't want to follow my budget and then later on you're broke I don't want to you know, change my diet and then you keep gaining weight or you keep losing weight depending on what spectrum you're on. Or, you know, I don't want to do, I'm scared to do this thing in my business and then you don't have any clients and so you have to go back to, you know, working the job. And so every, you can trace back every result you quote unquote don't want in your life to making a choice that felt easier even though it didn't feel like the right choice deep down. Mm-hmm. that's what I see is like not trusting the intuition because it's like I think that it you know I think it should be all flowy and easy and like a walk on the and walk on the beach if it's meant to like if that's what alignment is and I'm like honey that's not alignment that mm-hmm. is conditioning <laughs> like that's not right sometimes alignment is going to feel very hard in the moment mm-hmm. but it's what feels right 
Mm-hmm. And so you have to look beyond that and then trust yourself that this is going to work out for my highest good, no matter mm-hmm. what, because that's what felt right to me in the moment, even if it doesn't make logical sense right now. And that's, it is the conditioning. Like if it's not logic, then it doesn't count. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. No, <laughs> things don't have to be logical to work out. Usually when they're logical, they don't work out. Yeah. And I feel that is so accurate about like alignment doesn't always feel like this like gushy, like beautiful thing. It's like, I think it does, like it feels like that in your body. And then you have to, like a lot of times you're making decisions that are really uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. like, you're going to have to do a lot of pivoting throughout the like transition phase until you are on the other side, like making the decision to switch out of a successful web design business was very uncomfortable it was like okay I know this deep down I know this is what I really want to do and what's really going to light up my soul but holy shit transitioning an entire business like while also being in full lockdown in London was one of the most uncomfortable things I've done in my entire life so like I will always be fully transparent with that that like yes those aligned decisions that you know at your core or like what you are meant to do it's not always going to be like a three-step like well I guess like red carpet leading you there <laughs> no. so but it's worth it <laughs> it's like a red carpet but that red carpet also tends to have a lot of hurricanes moving across it so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> just have fun navigating them <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine sometimes you just have to pause for a second take a breath to keep going yeah yeah but doing that work I feel like then gets you to the end result that like most people aren't ever going to see because they aren't willing to wade through the wade through those hurricanes on the carpet. Um, But it really is like gets you to a next stage of your life that you're like could you were only dreaming about like a couple months before and it's just so powerful and like yes it's uncomfortable. But, um, and like, yes, you're still going to have like ups and downs and that's next stage. And there's going to be new hurricanes that are coming up and new like desires, but like, it is so worth it. And so beautiful when you're willing to go through that growth. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you always know that you're about to have a breakthrough when Stacey Bateman is another podcaster I listen to, and she calls it the river of misery. And it's like (laughs) when everything genuinely feels fucked. Like you're crying, you're like, I don't know what to do. I just feel like everything's chaos. And that is like, if you sit and you stay the course, you will have one of the biggest breakthroughs that you're ever going to have. And that's what I always came come back through. If I'm in it, I'm like, I'm about to have a breakthrough. It's really exciting. <laughs> like instead of getting up, yeah, about, I'm like, oh, we're coming, we're coming. <laughs> yeah. And it's so true that like the biggest like leaps I've, or like breakthroughs I've had in my life and those like catapults that I've had have all been after this moment of like what the actual fuck is happening right now and like everything I just want to blow it all up and leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, yeah that's generally the vibe yeah so yeah if you are experiencing or in that period of confusion and frustration I guess we're here to tell you that you will make it through and it will be incredible on the other side just stay the course you're you got this (laughs) yeah absolutely couldn't agree more
Well, it was so amazing having you on and I will put Caitlin's um, Instagram in the show notes so you guys can all go follow her because her account is such an amazing place on the internet where you all should be following. So this was amazing and thank you so much for coming on to the Prosperously You podcast. Thank you so much for having me and I hope everyone got lots of value out of this and absolutely go follow. Always send me a message. Let me know your takeaways and sending you all so much love. Yes.